Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Well, thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Across the Pond. Um, I hope you're going to enjoy the show today um, as much as you enjoyed the show last week. I had a lot of listeners from last week. Um, hope you have brought your friends uh, to come listen as well. I've uh, got a lot to cover today. Um, so we'll get in with uh, the most valuable franchises uh, listed by Forbes. Uh, I've got NBA, uh no positive tests um, and give you an update and see how they've been doing in their first week uh, in the bubble um, also we'll look at MLB uh, or Major League Baseball um, to tell you how they've been getting on um, who's not playing, who is playing uh, we'll also cover our confusing NHL playoffs uh, and we'll check in with the NFL as well um, as we're um, or as I'm recording this uh, I am watching the Utah Jazz Memphis Grizzlies at the corner of my eye um, as this is a, as a big game for me um, so go jazz um, so you may hear some shouting some screaming throughout the pod uh, just to, to give my support to, to my team um, it's great to have uh, a good team to support so um, everyone has their own fandom um, hopefully I can cover all of yours um, throughout the show um, so yeah busy busy show ahead uh, you can get to us on twitter at ATP Sports Podcast, um, and also on um, Facebook if you just search across the pond Sports Podcast. So uh, we'll get on with the show. Okay then, so um, as I said before, I've got the Utah Jazz game going on um, at the corner of my eye. Uh, we're in the coming up to the end of the third quarter. It's 87 83 for the Jazz. So if I suddenly go, <gasps> it's because uh, something big's happened. Um, so, uh, getting on to the show though. Um, so, we're first going to um, talk about the most valuable franchises. Um, now, this is in the world. Um, this is something that Forbes um, have put together um, in the States. Um, so, it's all in dollars. Um, so, for the American listeners, you're fine. UK listeners... We'll have to do some maths to try and work out the pounds to dollars. Um, starting off first, number first is America's team. That is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they were bought by Jerry Jones back in 1989. He paid a measly $150 million. Uh, The reason I say measly is because they're now valued at $5.5 billion. Um, now, since buying the team in 1989... He's won three Super Bowls. However, the last one of those Super Bowls was in 1996, way back when Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith were playing for the team. Uh, you then went through the Tony Romo years. Uh, we're now in the Dak Prescott years. Um, and, yeah, they do look better. Ezekiel Elliott, who is an absolute standout player. Um, they've got Dak Prescott, as I say, probably not going to be the happiest of players this year uh, being franchise tagged but they are number one um, did really well when Jerry Jones first bought them 
Um, they obviously built the biggest stadium that they could find um, on the planet. Because um, Jerry Jones, I think, believes go big or go home. Um, and he likes to go big. Um, coming in at number two um, was a team that was bought in 1973 by the Steenbrenner family. Um, they paid 8.8 million, just 8.8 million, for the New York Yankees. Um, they're now valued at $5 billion. <laughs> now, since um, taking over that franchise, um, they have won seven World Series. Uh, the last one was back in 2009. Um, so been a decade now since the Yankees have won and and usually when you think of the Yankees everyone knows who the Yankees are um, even walking down Edinburgh's Princess Street there's usually about three or four people with Yankees hats on they probably have no idea who the Yankees are they just like the the NY on the front of the baseball cap to be fair uh, but <laughs> they're number two um, coming in at number three which th this was one of the shocks for me um, Owned by James Dolan, uh, who owns the Madison Square Garden Company. Um, probably one of the worst owners in sports history. Um, given, that we were talking last week about Tom Thibodeau being their new head coach. And being like their 17th head coach in like 20 years. Or 10 years, or whatever it was. Um, the New York Knicks, uh, he purchased them back in 1997. Uh, for $300 million. Um, again, pretty shrewd investment. Uh, the team are now worth $4.6 billion. Um, I think what comes into that, though, is that the team own Madison Square Garden. Um, so, I, I don't know if that's maybe a false positive, um, because th there's kind of the Knicks and the arena, um, but then I suppose you could probably say the same about the Cowboys. They own their own stadium as well. So it probably does all count together. Um, moving on. Um, I'm not going to go through all all of the top 50 because that would just be boring. Um, so rounding out that top 10. Um, at number 4 you've got the Lakers. Probably not a big surprise. Uh, you've got the Warriors. Uh, Real Madrid are there. Um, when you talk about Real Madrid and teams like... Uh, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, um, those teams are owned by members, um, uh, fans basically. Um, so there isn't any kind of year that it's been purchased because it's just all kind of run by the fans, um, which is actually quite strange given how well these teams are run. I mean, you don't see Real Madrid struggling at the bottom of the league anytime soon. Um, so it's really good to, to kind of see that. Uh, number seven, uh, we have the New England Patriots. Uh, Barcelona are, are in at number eight. Again, this is a, a members-owned club. Um, so there's no kind of purchase date or anything. It's just been like that. Uh, the New York Giants. Again, not, not the most successful um, franchise. Um, yeah, they they won a Super Bowl back in 2006, I think, against the Patriots. Um so good job by them. Um, obviously, since the other New York team, the Knicks, were purchased, um, they haven't won a playoff series since uh, 2013. Uh, so we're talking seven years, and they're the top NBA team in this list. Um, number ten is Manchester United. <coughs> so it's the first kind of UK entrant. Um, their owners, the Glazier family, are in this list twice. Um, another fact that I noticed that they purchased this team back in 2005 I do remember it being quite a controversial purchase because they didn't actually put in their own money they basically borrowed all the money from a bank um, and bought the team uh, they paid 1.4 billion dollars the team are now worth 3.81 so yeah they paid a lot but um, a lot of it's been paid back to them so um, they probably are quite happy with that. Um, now, number 13 and number 27. So number 13 is the Chicago Bears. Number 27 is the Green Bay Packers. Both teams uh, were purchased for $100. No joke. Um, 
This was in 1920 for the Bears and 1921 for the Green Bay Packers. It was obviously a good year for for buying a sports franchise. Um, that was the last time these were purchased. They've stayed in kind of family-run organizations ever since. Uh, the McCuskey family own the Chicago Bears. Um, they're valued at 3.45 billion dollars. Um, so that is a very long-term investment, um, but one that's obviously paid off immensely. Um, if I have a quick look at the um, the Packers, uh, they're shareholder-owned, um, and I think always have been since th they were first kind of bought. I think originally it was a family that bought them, uh, and then it just kind of became shareholders. Um, so no sale or anything since 1921. Um, Obviously, a very successful franchise um, as well. Um, next interesting team is the other side of Manchester, um, which is Manchester City. Um, purchased in 2008 by Sheikh Mansour bin Saeed Al Nahan. Um, he paid $385 million uh, for that team, uh, which is now valued at $2.69 billion. They've won things like the Premier League, uh, FA Cup, they have done exceptionally well. They have spent an absolute m mountain of money on players, um, especially when the team was first purchased as well. Um, but, you know, they're on that list, um, and that's probably where they want to be. So they're sitting at number 34. Um, now, teams that have kind of more recently been purchased, um, so 2014, uh, Steve Ballmer, um, who formerly worked at Microsoft, that's where he made his billions, um, he purchased the Los Angeles Clippers. Now at the time, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers were in a lot of hot water um, in regard to um, their owner, uh, Mr. Sterling, um, who made some racist comments, um, didn't obviously go down well, even in 2014. Um, so basically, he was ordered you know, you got to sell the team. Um, his wife, Mrs. Sterling, um, agreed to the sale of the team, um, as she was also a part owner of the team, um, and it was so sold to Steve Ballmer. He basically walked into a meeting with Mrs. Sterling, said, I want to buy a team, I'll give you two billion, um, and I'll give you it right now. Uh, <laughs> basically how it happened. Uh, team now, um, so we're what six years on. It's valued at two point six billion. I've got to say though, um, maybe much like Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks, I don't think he bought this to make money. I, I think he bought the Clippers because he wanted to own a sports team. He loves basketball, um, and this was his in. Um, and I think he's seen an opportunity, um, much like he did in his professional career as well. And he just went for it. So, absolutely fair play to him. Spent $2 billion. Um, I don't think he's a guy that's going to sell it anytime soon either. So, um, Which is good for the Clippers. I think since he's been in charge, the team have done so much better. Um, and th I think they continue to as well. I mean, they've got two of the most exciting players uh, just now. Um, now, a team that didn't do so well... Um, uh, <laughs> is Joseph Tsai, um, or Tsai maybe, uh, he purchased the Brooklyn Nets back in 2019. He paid a whopping $3.3 billion. Um, that is a massive amount. Um, I think it's the, the most I've seen a, a franchise be purchased for. Um, it's incredible to have that amount of money in the first place. Um, but the team is only valued at 2.5 billion um obviously he's not had a lot of time to turn that franchise around he has um managed to bring in two huge players um and kevin durant um and also Kyrie irving um now both of those players had the option to go to the new york knicks who are third on this list um but obviously the thought of maybe playing for james dolan probably didn't appeal to them so they went elsewhere um which i think in the, this day and age players want to play with each other but they also want to play for the right owner uh, an owner that's going to look after them and they probably didn't think that he was and the brooklyn nets is a great opportunity for them they had a great coach 
um, and they have a really good young core of players as well uh, with some vets in there uh, the only other team I, I kind of looked at um, in this list um, I know I mentioned the Dallas Mavericks earlier on Mark Cuban bought them for 280 million uh, they're now valued at 2.4 billion um, he bought them back in 2000 um, and it was a, a fledgling franchise it was in and out of the playoffs they would do well some years not others um but he's turned our place around and they and i'm going to say sell out their arena every night but what he does um and this is something that he has brought in himself it's not like a a, a massive kind of market employer or anything like that what he does is he goes out not personally but he his team go out and give tickets away basically because they want to make sure yeah they want their, their paying customers as well um, but he makes sure that people that maybe wouldn't be able to afford to go to a basketball game come into the arena get for a night to to feel that atmosphere um, of a Dallas Mavericks game and um, I know Mark Cuban kind of sometimes gets a bad rap for stuff um, but that's something that I think a lot of franchises should probably do um, I think Obviously, at the moment, there's a lot of empty seats in arenas because no fans are allowed. Um, but when we get back to having fans allowed, that might be something that um, teams should look for. Um, I know Washington, the the Washington Wizards, you look at their arena um, if you're watching a game on a normal night, and yeah, it's bare. Halftime, just before halftime, there's no one there. Um, so it'd be really good uh, if other teams kind of took a... A leaf out of Mark Cuban's book. Um, the last team I was going to look at um, is the uh, second team uh, in this list to be owned by the Glazier family. So as I said before, they, only ma they own Manchester United, uh, which they bought with a massive loan of $1.4 billion. Um, probably a good while before that, um, in 1995, they bought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers have been in the news recently um, because they signed one of the most famous, probably, yeah, he is, he's the most famous quarterback, uh, Tom Brady. It was a bit of a coup to get him, more than likely. So, um, yeah, they paid $192 million. Team's now worth $2.2 billion. Give them a year of Tom Brady. That's probably going to be about $3 billion they're worth by that point. So, it's something that, Owning sports teams is obviously that something that a family enjoys um, on both sides of the pond. Um, so well done to them for making the top 50. Um, it's a shame, we, I guess, that you talk about sports teams and money kind of in this way and the value, especially um, at a time like this. Um, but some owners will be looking at this list thinking, wow. I've done a great job, um, especially if you're a, a Green Bay Packer owner or, or Chicago Bears, because um, you paid $100 and you're well into the billions. So it is a shame, as I say, to, to be talking about kind of money at, at this time with pandemics and fans not being able to watch sports. Um, but if that's what these, these teams were valued at when this was done, um, it'll be interesting to see what these same teams um, will be valued at next year. Um, after kind of all the financial results of everything that's kind of gone on, going on now is reflected next year. So uh, we'll have to have a, a, a keep out and an eye out for that. Okay, so we're going to talk NBA um, as I'm watching game live. Um, right now the Jazz are up 102.97. Um, so pretty good so far, happy with that. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk NBA. Um, the NBA came out in the last hour um, and said that they have still had no positive tests for COVID-19, um, which is a great result um, for them um, and for the sport. It really shows that the Orlando bubble um, that they've got set up uh, has really been successful. Um, and as long as this continues, um, which if no one's kind of coming in and out, then it should. Um, and kind of you have to kind of take your hats off. Um, I think NHL will probably announce a similar thing uh, later on. 
Um, they were a couple hours apart last week with their announcements, so I would imagine that they're going to follow suit. Um, Major League Soccer, who are also in Orlando, um, they have not seen any kind of confirmed tests. I don't know if I was trying to look earlier on to see if they had any data on it, but I couldn't see any. Um, so I can only assume that they've not had any tests that have been positive. So um, that's all good. Uh, so the league's been going nearly a week now already. Um, there's been a lot of talk of the social justice movement, results, teams that are really vying for the playoffs and teams that are kind of sailing to the playoffs. Um, opening night gave us a, a really interesting uh, matchup. Um, so we had the Lakers and the Clippers um, and the the kind of the first proper outing. Um, it came after a, a Jazz Pelicans game that seen Zion Williamson just play 15 minutes. He was not happy. Um, he felt he should be playing more. However, he'd only been back in the bubble 10 days, um, only done one training session with the team, so I guess the, the team felt that wasn't the right for him. Now, he played last night um, against Memphis, and he um, played 20 minutes, just over 20 minutes, um, and they played him in the fourth quarter, and they won. Um, they didn't play him in the fourth quarter against the Jazz at all um, in that opening game. Uh, so uh, the Jazz, I mean, they scraped it by two points, 106-104. Um, but the bigger game probably for that night um, was the Lakers beating the Clippers 103-101. Um, and the reason that's quite significant is because they are 1-2 and two, um, going into the playoffs, uh, which would probably mean they wouldn't meet each other uh, until the conference finals. Um, it, it was a back-and-forth game. Uh, but there was some big performances. LeBron obviously uh, had a big performance as well. Um, you can really see that being a conference final, um, and you can see it being one that probably goes seven games um, quite easily. Um, moving on to other games that happened uh, in the last week, uh, just kind of some points of note. Portland Trailblazers beat the Memphis Grizzlies on this night, second night. Um, the reason that's so big is because Portland are vying for that eighth spot. They started off uh, in ninth, they still are, um, but I think they were about four or five games behind Memphis. They're now just two games behind Memphis. Um, and the way that this Jazz uh, Memphis game is going, um, this could be their opportunity tomorrow night when Portland play uh, to catch up on the Grizzlies yet again. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I think last week I did mention, I'm going to put my hand up here, that Portland will most likely knock Memphis out of the playoff spot. Um, one thing that sadly is going to be a factor for Memphis is their uh, second-year star, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, has sadly uh, been injured. He's out for the season. He's done. Um, so it means it's all in Jamarant. Ja um and it's a bit of a shame because um, you could really see that team starting to click. It's a very young team, um, but they were starting to click. Um, they hadn't done so well in the bubble, uh, but uh, they were still had that playoff spot. But it would appear to me to be difficult for them to hold on to that playoff spot uh, without Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, such a big part of their offense and on defense as well. Um, an absolute goat. So, shame. Um, but we'll have to, to see how that one plays out. Um, in terms of kind of other results, um, the Toronto Raptors are another team who seem to have a point to prove, and they beat the Lakers um, 107-92 uh, back on Saturday. Um, that seemed to really just flow for them. The, the Raptors just kind of, they definitely stepped up a gear um, for that game, but yeah, they just didn't seem to, the Lakers playing them just didn't seem to affect them. Um, so it really was quite good. I mean, I have seen, I've lot, watched a lot of games um, over the last week. And one thing I have seen is teams that have been off for four months and look like they haven't even looked at a basketball. And other teams that look like they've done nothing but be out in the backyard with a basketball um, shooting hoops. Um, even if it's just been themselves. Um, because... 
uh, there is does seem to be a bit of a difference um, in, in what's been going on. Um, the Lakers did get a big win against the Jazz, sadly for me. Um, uh, 116 108 uh, on Monday. Um, the Raptors again did pick up another win, uh, this time against the Miami Heat. Um, Denver Nuggets picked up a win against um, the Thunder um, in overtime. Uh, Memphis, as I said, uh, they lost um, last um, on Monday night to the Grizzly. Uh, sorry, Pelicans won. Um, Grizzlies lost 109 99. Um, again, that was the game that. Um, Jackson Jr. got injured um, so like I say it's going to be tough for them to get out of um, a bit of a shock result last night um, uh, certainly for me I, I thought it was two two big shock results um, Brooklyn um, beat Milwaukee that was it was 119-116 that's a bit of a shock and also the Suns uh, beat the Clippers and that's what I mean about these Teams, and I'm going to talk about Portland a minute. There's a reason I haven't mentioned them so far. Um, but there is uh, these teams that weren't in the playoffs and were a bit miles away are, are putting in some pretty good results um, and really good performances as well. I mean, I've been watching the Utah Jazz obviously because they're my team. They've not looked easy in this bubble. They at times have looked like they're the, one of those teams that haven't used the basketball in four months. Um, they are starting to play a bit better. Performances have got better each game, but there's still that kind of issue. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out uh, for them. Well, I will. Um, but yeah, so moving on to, to Portland. They are a team I kind of wanted to really have a good look at. Um, because, like I say, they were in the ninth seed um, before this started. Uh, they were about four or five games back. And then they started winning straight away, straight off the bat. They started winning, um, and they've done it behind um, a, a great team that they have at the moment. Um, and the bubbles of the coronavirus has maybe did them a favour in terms of they had two big players, Yusuf uh, Nurkic and Zach Collins, who were injured, um, injured and weren't coming back before the end of the season. And then obviously the end of the season's now kind of restarted um, in July, August. So um, they've managed to get back, get fit. It's great for them. Um, they beat the Rockets uh, last night, 110-102. Um, Nurkic um, scored 18 points, um, playing 30 minutes. Um, really great game, 19 rebounds, uh, which is out outstanding. Um, that's taken a lot of pressure off Dame Lillard. Uh, Dame Lillard, sorry. Um, he's usually their go-to scorer, but because they're now able to spread the floor a lot more, um, using Zach Collins, using Mer uh, Nurkic, and even Camelo. Um, many people call him Olympic Melo. It's one of his nicknames because he only performs in the Olympics. Um, but he's done really well. He scored 15 points last night, 11 rebounds. I think a lot of people thought when he went to the team, what kind of what kind of role would he play? Uh, but he's actually turned up and been a pretty good leader uh, for Portland. So um, another big surprise for me has been Gary Trent Jr. Um, his three-point shooting has been outstandingly good. Um, he is coming in off the bench. Um, his field goal percentage uh, at the moment is. Uh, 43.6 um, which is amazing I was trying to find his 3 point uh, percentage earlier um, but his his threes I mean I seen him the other night he scored 6 threes without missing um, which is pretty pretty good uh, they still had another quarter to go I do think he missed one but uh, in the end um, but he just he just chucked them up um, it was an absolutely outstanding performance from him um, I'm just trying to remember the game that he did against Boston. Was it Boston? Um, that was one of the games that they lost. Um, but he did a, a cracking job uh, of just kind of picking up the ball. And like I say, it just takes so much pressure away from uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Um, and it's something that even if we go back to the, the second night. So they, they play Memphis. It goes to overtime. 
because you know both teams are fighting for this because both teams know how much they need to win um, and they're absolutely going for it. Uh, CJ McCollum played 45 minutes, Damian Lillard paid, played 44 um, and it was just a, an absolute war um, out there. Um, three point shooting from Gary Trent Jr. was 80%. He was 4 from 5. Um, that is a, a decent percentage. Um, it's a decent amount of shots. It means he's not just throwing them up just for the sake of throwing them up as well, um, which is probably even better. Um, if I go back to that Boston game as well, um, Gary Trent Jr. Now, this game obviously they lost by 4, um, but again, it was a, it was a high scoring game. Um, so if we go to Gary Trent Jr., yes, 63.6% uh, for three. And then we'll just have a quick look at last night's as well. And he was 44.4. So he, he kind of dropped off last night compared to the last couple of games. But even still, um, he's just throwing up shots and they're, they're landing it was 16 points last night again um and like i say it's just it's probably a relief for damien lillard he's he's been in portland for so long he wants nothing but his team to do well um and he hasn't always had the supporting cast to do it i think now with this team with the guys that have come back from injury um, and if you go through their bench, you look at Hassan Whiteside. Obviously, he was a big starter for the Miami Heat when he was there until um, he fell out of favor. The only guy that kind of really throws me off, um, now he didn't actually play um, last night, uh, but the guy that kind of throws me off in the games that I've seen him is Mario Hazonia. I don't know what he does. Um, he just kind of, wanders around the floor um, it's almost as if he's just taking time away from someone that could be doing something useful um, I'd probably give uh, Anthony Simmons some extra minutes over him um, or even Jalen Adams but he just doesn't seem to be doing too much um, maybe that is why he didn't play a whole lot yesterday um, but that's something that um, we'll keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks um, I do think especially with the issues that um, Memphis are having with injuries and so forth um, I do think now that the emphasis is on Portland to do well and and they're going to want to make sure that they, they put themselves uh, in that kind of position so that they can finish 8th get that playoff spot um, and have a good playoff run because I think realistically they could give the Lakers if Lakers uh, if the Lakers have guaranteed number 1 spot now so I reckon Lakers Trailblazers, that's not going to be a like a a four and season. This four and series, that's not going to be a sweep. Um, that potentially, um, with the team that Portland have put together, could go seven games quite easily, and that seventh game could go either way. Because you got to remember, there is no home court advantage here, and that's why I think a lot of these teams that are already in the playoffs, they don't really care about their seeding because they're not playing for home court advantage they're just playing for who they're going to play against in the playoffs uh, in the first round um, and that's very hard to kind of to follow through with so uh, we'll have to see see how that one um, plays out but now um, all good now um, Jazz are up 116-105 so gotta be happy with that now um, all, all the Jazz fans that are listening, um, Rudy Gobert's having a great game, 19 points, 15 rebounds. Um, we'll take a look at Jay Morant um, as well, because Jay Morant has, has done a magnificent job with Memphis. He's in his rookie year. He'll win rookie of the season. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, he's scored 18 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, so he's doing pretty well, shooting 53% from the field, so... Um, you kind of feel sorry for, for Memphis because you don't want injuries to dictate your season, but it looks as though uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. going down has, but they'll bounce back, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, they're a young team, so they've got a lot to, a lot of time to, to get things together over the next couple of years. So I am going to 
touch uh, very lightly um, on the protests um, that have been going on with uh, Black Lives Matters. Um, so one thing that I did see over the weekend uh, was um, Orlando player uh, Jonathan Isaacs um, stood uh, during the anthem uh, with the rest of his team uh, were on their knees. Um, one thing, uh, I mean, he, he wrote a, a big statement that came out and he explained his reasons for doing so. Um, due to his Christian faith and he believed that all lives mattered um, and not that he didn't support Black Lives Matter, he does um, but he just didn't feel that taking any uh, f at that point w was the right thing to do um, so absolutely fair play to him uh, another player that did that was because his family were in the military uh, so Denver Nuggets star um, Porter Jr um, he also stood uh, one thing I did notice about both players however um, they were still with their teammates. They put their hand on their shoulder. Um, one player wrapped his arm around Porter Jr.'s leg. Um, so they're, they're still showing solidarity, um, just in their own way. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I know that the the kneeling is a very contentious issue. And it's not one I'm going to get into. Um, I have my own views on it. Um, but I think it is something that in America everyone has their second amendment right and you have your right to protest um, but at the same time um, people can protest your protest um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and something I've really enjoyed um, seeing is this kind of even though they're maybe doing it in different ways um, everyone is protesting um, just in their own way uh, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever um, actually I think it's a good thing because it, it makes it more of a conversation uh, another thing that is, and it's actually confused me when I've been watching basketball, is obviously the names on the jerseys were taken away, um, and the on the back of the jerseys became s slogans. Uh, so you had Black Lives Matter, you uh, had Ally, um, Peace. So you've had instead of the player's name, you've had these words written on the back of the jerseys. Um, now that's a little confusing for me, because <laughs> uh, sometimes when you're watching on TV, you're trying to see which player it is, and you're kind of looking for the name just to give you an idea, um, and you've seen equality, and I was like, oh crap, who's wearing that one? Um, <laughs> and of course, it can be one or two players wearing the same one on the same team, um, so a little confusing, so you're kind of more looking for numbers, um, but one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of days is that the, the NBA have added the players' names to the bottom of the jersey, um, so it's still there. Um, I, it's I probably should have done that from the start. Um, I think it had been mentioned on ESPN um, quite a number of times um, when guys are calling the game were like, uh, that's, uh, because the ba game of basketball moves so fast, um, it's sometimes hard to, to keep track of. Uh, one thing I'd like to note on a kind of personal level, um, I started watching basketball back in 1994-ish. Um, um, at the time, uh, Jerry Sloan um, was the coach of the Utah Jazz. Um, he was the coach of the Utah Jazz right up until 2011, uh, from 1988, so even before... I thought about basketball. Like I was only six at the time he became the head coach uh, of the Utah Jazz. He'd already spent a year as an assistant. Um, he sadly passed away, um, not due to COVID, uh, but due to other um, issues, health issues he had. Um, he has a, most players um, when you're in the NBA, not most, sorry, but the best players um, have their jerseys retired um, in the rafters of the arena that they play in. Um, once they're done playing, if they've had a really good career at that team. Um, so the Jazz have guys like John Stockton, Carl Malone, uh, the Bulls will have Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and so on. Um, what the Jazz did, um, not long after Jerry Sloan retired um, in 2011, is they put up, uh, not a jersey, but they put up like a big massive banner um, in the rafters. Uh, and it, it just says, Jerry Sloan, 1223. Um, and that was the number of wins he had as head coach of the Utah Jazz for that entire uh, reign from 1988 to 2011. Uh, so one thing that the, the Jazz players have got on their jerseys at the moment, um, just on the other side of the advertising, um, is just a patch 
uh, that's got one, two, two, three on it. Uh, just to kind of honour Coach Sloan, um, who's who's a long-serving coach. Um, people who like soccer or American football coaches, unless they are good, will come and go. Um, unless they have success, you can be a good coach and not have success. Um, Jerry Sloan, would you say he was successful? He only went to two NBA finals in that time. Um, but I would say over the period, I mean, he won uh, over 1,200 uh, games. He only lost about 800 games. So I would say that's pretty successful. Um, he did only go to two NBA finals. Um, sadly, he, he came up against Michael Jordan's Bulls uh, that were going for their second three-peat. So um, sometimes you can be a great coach, but timing can just be everything. So um, great to see uh, the Jazz, though, wearing that patch. So I'm quite happy for that uh, in my perspective. So I'm just going to uh, touch on some uh, sports stories that uh, have been happening um, over the last week. Um, we'll qu quickly uh, jump on to Major League Soccer. Um, so they are also, as I mentioned earlier, in a bubble um, in Orlando, um, playing out like a, they're calling it MLS's back tournament. Um, they're in the knockout stage. They're actually um, playing their semi, one of their semi-finals tonight. Uh, Philadelphia will be taking on Portland. Um, Philadelphia beat out uh, Kansas or Sporting Kansas City uh, 3-1 in the quarterfinals. Uh, Portland beat uh, New York City Football Club 3-1 um, uh, as well. Uh, so they're playing tonight. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, um, Orlando had to win a penalty shootout to make the finals against um, Los Angeles Football Club. Um, so they've made the semi-finals. Uh, that's getting played tomorrow night, and they'll play Minnesota, um, who beat out San Jose 4-1 um, in their uh, quarterfinal. Um, so those games being played uh, tonight and tomorrow, uh, and then August 11th uh, is the final. Um, that's on... Um, I believe it's going to be in the UK. It's going to be on Free Sports on Sky, um, and in America it's on ESPN. Um, so the finals on the 11th. It's 8:30 p.m. Eastern time. I haven't worked out the UK time, um, but I would imagine if it's 8:30 p.m. Eastern, you're probably looking about one in the morning UK time if you're an avid soccer fan. Okay, so just before I touch on the NHL, quick update from the Jazz game. Uh, Joe Ingles, Jingling Joe, is having an absolute storm of a game. He's played 33 minutes. He's got 25 points. He's uh, shooting 54% from three-point range. Um, so he's uh, six from 11. Um, absolutely killing it. Jazz are still up with 11 seconds to go. It's 121-15. Um, other games have started as well. Um, so right now it's halftime in the Philly Wizards game. Um, so it's 54-47 to Philadelphia. Also, the Nuggets um, have got a minute left in their first half uh, against the Spurs. Right now, the Spurs are up 59-58. Uh, Spurs looking like a team that desperately want to make that playoff as well. And it's all to play for in the West. Um, so, as I say, moving on to the NHL, the, the playoffs or sort of playoffs, uh, are underway. They're both happening in uh, Edmonton and in Toronto. So they're both north of the border. Um, it is not easy to follow, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, I tried to look at the um, like a playoff bracket, or because usually what happens is, um, much like the NBA, they'll play an 82-game season, uh, and then the top 16 teams or top eight from each conference will will play in a playoff. Um, obviously, they're not doing that because th they couldn't complete their season, um, much like um, the NBA. So instead of uh, having what the NBA have got and having a couple of games to kind of lead into the playoffs, they're kind of jumping straight in. Um, so they're doing like a round robin um, at the moment. Uh, and then they're going to have like the top four teams kind of have a game, have a couple of games or maybe even a series um, to determine their kind of final seedings uh, before the actual playoffs begin. Um, it is a little bit confusing. It's something I'm going to have to look into more. I was on the NHL website for a while trying to work it out. Um, 
but they obviously have a lot of games going on just now. Um, a lot of games can be seen on BT Sport and again on Free Sports on Sky, so um, you can check that out. Um, some of the games are actually pretty early, um, our time, so in the UK, so uh, you can check them out uh, in the morning uh, as well. If, you, if you're that way inclined um, or even at night so I think there's even a couple of live games being played just now um, so you can uh, always check that out um, one thing uh, that I wanted to just kind of touch on uh, last week's show uh, we mentioned uh, or I mentioned at great length Washington Mystics um, MVP Elena Deladon um, the league were refusing to pay her uh, because her, do her own personal doctor had said no we don't recommend that you play and go to to the bubble. Um, the Washington Mystics have decided to take it upon themselves. So this is away from the collective bargaining agreement uh, between the league and the Players Association. Um, the Washington Mystics have decided that they will pay her her salary. Um, so she will not lose out um, in that regard. Which I think from ownership standpoint is a really, really positive thing. The WNBA, like I said last week, bit of egg in the face. They they they're not looking great through this and how they've handled it. Um, whereas Washington Mystics just coming out and just coming out. And, you know what? We're gonna pay her. She's worth it. Is basically what they said. Um, and she's the MVP of the league. So damn right she's worth it. Um, she's a hell of a player. So um, a, a win for Deladon. Um, but probably a bigger win for the Washington Mystics owners. Um, stepping up, paying what somebody should be paid. Um, I think it's well known that women's basketball players don't get paid in compared to their male uh, compatriots, um, even moderately closely. Um, but to see the Washington Mystics kind of come out and, and do this, I think it's a really positive step. Um, and hopefully... Um, maybe other teams follow suit and it kind of puts more pressure on the WNBA to actually say, you know what, we've made a mistake here. Let's get the players paid. Um, we'll have to see how that one plays out. Uh, there hasn't been uh, a response from WNBA. Um, they've been quite tight-lipped. They have a few other issues going on just now. Um, certainly, um, if you are in Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Dream players have been... Um, protesting against their owner. Uh, the owner is a senator um, and she is a big Donald Trump fan um, and she has been um, basically she's running for office yet again uh, as senator uh, but unfortunately uh, or fortunately depending on what with what side of the argument you you land um, she's not liked by her players um, so whereas Washington Mystics owners are paying their players or playing Deladon um, because of what's going on there, um, the Atlanta Dream owner Kelly Loeffler, I'm going to say, um, has had to watch her players wear t-shirts supporting her uh, opponent um, in her election, um, which is weird. It really is weird. Uh, but unfortunately, Kelly Loeffler's probably made a, a, a rod for her own back here because um, she wrote a letter to the, M uh, the, the WNBA um, expressing her distaste um, for uh, the Black Lives Matters movement uh, and also the fact that, you know, players were going to be allowed to protest. Uh, she felt that it wasn't right uh, that the group Black Lives Matters support defunding the police um i guess on the flip side to be re-elected she probably has to come out and say all of this um but it has obviously left a, a sour taste in the mouth of the players that play for her um also i think players that are coming in uh, to play against the atlanta dream are, are kind of joining uh, in solidarity with the, the Atlanta Dream players as well. So um, that is a story that will probably run right into November, if there even is an election in November. Um, but that is not something I am even going to get onto in the slightest. Um, on good news, though, 
uh, just to finish up with the Utah Jazz game. That has just finished 124-115 uh, for the Jazz. i uh, just seen um, Donovan Mitchell and John Morant uh, have a kind of big hug and embrace, um, talking to each other um, after the game. It's just great to see because um, all these players are, are kind of in the same scenario. Um, Joe Ingles finished top scorer for the game. Uh, with 25, he had a cracking game, as did uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, 21 points, 16 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell played 37 minutes, um, pretty pretty good for him numbers-wise, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, so yeah, I think uh, I'm going to be happy with that, I'll sleep well tonight, now that we've won that game, um, and a good performance as well, um, by all accounts. Okay then, so the final segment for today we're going to cover is Major League Baseball. Um, obviously last week we spoke about the pandemic and how it was affecting uh, teams, much like the Miami Marlins, um, who finally got their season back off and running last night um, against Baltimore. But as luck would have it, the game was delayed 40 minutes um, while uh, Major League uh, Baseball um, waited uh, to get the final test results to make sure all the Marlins were in the clear. Uh, the game eventually did start uh, and Miami beat Baltimore 4-0. Probably all that extra rest that they had. Um, it was a pretty makeshift team though. Uh, they didn't have all their starters um, for uh, obvious reasons. Uh, not the whole Marlins team was there. Um, so it was a bit uh, hit and miss. Uh, but they are back on the road. They are back playing baseball. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals are now the, the team with the issue. Um, they've had 14 positive tests. Uh, you have to, Rob Manford, the commissioner, has basically said, we're going to play. Uh, we've had a few players that opt out um, from the season. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. Because if you have players that are, are opting out all the time, and then you've got player uh, teams that can't play because they've had an outbreak of COVID-19. Uh, it's going to be very difficult uh, for this uh, league that's only a 60-game season compared to their usual 160-odd game season. It's very difficult to see how they can keep that going um, uh, because at the, by the end of the... or when you're supposed to hit the playoffs, has everyone played enough games? Uh, at this rate, certainly teams on the kind of eastern seaboard, they're having issues. Um, St. Louis is obviously a bit more inland, but... Um, there's been a lot of delayed games. Uh, some have been rearranged. Uh, some of the games have been postponed, have been rearranged. Uh, some teams are playing, or uh, two teams will be playing two games in one day. So they'll maybe play in the in the morning, and then in the evening, um, to kind of make up the games. Um, makes it great for us in the UK, um, because you've got more baseball to watch. Um, but it must be a bit of a, a wear down on players, um, having to play twice in one game in one day, um, when they're already probably going to play the next day and play the day before as well uh, so i have to see how that one works out and um, that is a story that will continue to rumble on uh, one massive story um happening last night was the uh, oakland a's um had a second uh, walk-off grand slam um so towards the end of the game um if or it doesn't even have to be the end of the game if you have three guys on base um, and your next batter comes up and he hits a home run. It's called a grand slam because uh, you get four runs out of that because you're three guys on base and obviously your hitter as well hits the home run. He gets three RBI. Um, so the, the A's did that again for a second time last night. Sadly, I didn't see it because uh, it happened about four in the morning uh, in the UK. But um, the A's are, A's are doing really well. Um, so far this season, um, they've got the best record in the West in the American League uh, at seven and four. So I'm pretty happy. The Houston Astros not doing so well behind us. So as long as that continues, um, talking about the American League, um, at the top of the East, you've got the Yankees. No surprise there. They're eight and one. Uh, this uh, in the Central, uh, you've got Minnesota Twins doing really well, uh, nine and two. Uh, in the National League and uh, the East, uh, the Atlanta Braves are eight and four. Uh, Central, you have uh, the Chicago Cubs, who are 9-2. And, um, and in the West, it was a bit of a surprise to me. I, I really thought the LA Dodgers would have been um, 
uh, up out in front, but it's actually the the Colorado Rockies um, who are, are killing it just now. Uh, they're eight and two. Um, the uh, Dodgers are about two games behind, um, but I'm sure uh, at some point they'll manage to catch up. Um, that's usually quite a, a tight division um, in the National League West. So um, because you've got the Giants, the Dodgers, uh, obviously the Rockies, um, who, who are doing particularly well just now. Um, there's no kind of games that really stand out other than the, the walk-off for the second Grand Slam um, in seven games. So uh, well done to my Oakland A's. I'm happy to, to see them doing well. Um, so that pretty much covers baseball. Uh, the last thing I was going to talk about is the NFL. Um, the NFL having some major issues um, in terms of players opting out, so much so that they moved the deadline uh, for players to be uh, to opt out to Thursday. Uh, originally, they didn't have a date, um, and it, it, I think it was kind of going to be that uh, players could opt out as and when they wanted to. Um, but after 52 players have opted out, um, the NFL decided that they would set a deadline. So if you want to opt out. Um, uh, you've got until Thursday, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, this was only agreed yesterday. Um, I mean, the season kicks off on September 11th um, with the Texans Chiefs. Um, so that's that's quite a bit away um, from that happening. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, but certainly the amount of opt-outs that have happened so far, and it's the Patriots that, that are, are, are kind of hurt the most. They've lost eight players. Um, to opt-outs, so it'll be interesting to see, I mean, some teams don't have any opt-outs whatsoever. Um, so I guess you start having to ask the question as well, is the season viable um, in terms of competition? Um, or are you going to have a, 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 a kind of, if anyone's watched the replacements, uh, the, the Gene Hackman and um, Keanu Reeves film uh, from 2000, um, when the, the Washington team players went on strike, they brought in the replacements, um, is it going to be a, a bit of a, a kickback to, to that, who knows, uh, it's going to be a, a one certainly to watch, um, talking about Washington, um, in that film, uh, the replacements, they were called the Washington Senators, um, obviously Washington Redskins, um, the, the previous name for the Washington team, uh, have changed their name to the Washington football team. Uh, while they try and work out what they want to be called moving forward um, after it was decided uh, that they would change their name. Um, that's something that has been kind of wildly welcomed, that they were going to change the name. Um, Washington football team does seem a bit of an odd uh, name to be calling them, but I think it's progress um, moving forward, so uh, nothing you can really uh, kind of moan about there. You know they're they're finally doing something about it after their owner was pretty stubborn uh, over the last few years, saying no, he definitely wasn't going to change the name of the team. Um, so I think uh, all parties will be happy once they they kind of set on a name. Um, one thing that was quite funny is a lot of people have been setting up Twitter accounts and setting up all Facebook accounts, uh, Washington Senators, Washington, and just name your name, um, and the hope that. The, the red the, the former redskins and decide on that name and then have to buy it from someone uh but like the dot com boost when everyone was purchasing like coca-cola.com and then coca-cola we're gonna have to go and buy it from some guy in his basement um so <laughs> see what happens there um talking about the uh kansas city chiefs um i just had a wild thought um if anyone remembers the the snickers advert from years ago i don't uh, the uh, it was a UK advert, I don't know if it was shown in the States, I would imagine it was because it in, involved the Kansas City Chiefs, um, where the guy that paints the field had basically written chefs instead of chiefs, um, so a little plain words, because um, he hadn't had his Snickers that day, so he'd spelt the name wrong uh, and wrote chefs, I thought that was quite funny, uh, back in the day. Um, any adverts you want to see come back or revive? Um, that was certainly one that, that kind of got me laugh when I was a kid. But because uh, uh, I think it was I, I was a kid when that one came out. It was a while back. But um, but now it's, it's a bit of bit of uh, playful banter with Kansas City. Um, 
uh, and obviously they kick off their season uh, September 11th. Obviously that's a, a date uh, in America and in the world really um, that uh, holds a lot of kind of weight. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I know I've, I've said this before, I don't really kind of want to get into the, the whole kneeling and anthems and things, um, but that is uh, something that will be interesting on that particular day. Uh, how the players react to that uh, certainly I think the world will be watching um, so I think they, they like the NBA, like the NHL like the WNBA they probably need to have a kind of concerted effort as to, to what they're going to do um, because it'll be I think they need to uh, at the same time as honouring things that are going on now uh, they do still need to honour things that happened um, on that day it's, it's quite a, a point in day, so um, hopefully that will be kind of met, met with what has been uh, been quite a kind of class act by a lot of these organisations, uh, whether it be the NBA or, or whoever uh, at the moment. Um, I think they've dealt with uh, with maturity and, and, you know, protested if they wanted to, not protested or protested the protest. So uh, we'll have to see how that works out. Um, with Kansas uh, and the Houston Texans on the September 11th. Uh, so a story that's just grabbed my attention uh, just as uh, I'm finishing off uh, the podcast for this week. Um, it happened yesterday. Uh, I, I just kind of noticed it just as I was kind of looking through everything that's going on in sports world. Um, the XFL... Uh, extreme football league and uh, was brought to us um by vince mcmahon and the world wrestling entertainment federation whoever they are um so they filed for bankruptcy back in april because uh, they couldn't complete their season i think teams had played about five games before lockdown um happened um the xfl as i say went into bankruptcy uh, in april uh, they were purchased um, by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his ex-wife, um, uh, for $15 million uh, for the entire league. There's eight teams in that league. Um, they have already started to make plans uh, to have a bubble-type season in 2021. Um, they, they basically said to ESPN and to Turner Sports that they are good to go um, for a, a bubble-type season um, next year um, and so they're looking forward to, to bringing us some American football and what would normally be a, an American football free zone uh, after February after the Super Bowl so it looks as though the XFL may live to fight yet another day um, last year or this year was the the kind of the comeback of the XFL um, obviously Vince McMahon uh, and WWE decided that it wasn't a gore um, once the, the pandemic hit, filed for bankruptcy um, not long after. Uh, but it looks as though The, the Rock has decided that, um, much like his uh, persona in Ballers, if anyone watched that on HBO or um, Sky Atlantic here in the UK, um, it, it very much looks as though um, instead of buying... Um, one franchise he's going to buy them all so he owns um, the actual league uh, itself uh, which is <laughs> is he trying to live out his ballers um, uh, storyline who knows uh, but himself and his ex-wife um, and a, a finance company uh, have put together 15 million dollars to be fair Rock probably could have stumped up 15 million dollars himself um, it looks as though his ex-wife is, is going to run it um, from what I can gather, um, obviously he has a lot of commitments in terms of uh, movies and TV and whatever else, and his odd stint on WWE. Um, but I think it's good news. Um, XFL was something that, um, if you liked Vince McMahon or you didn't like Vince McMahon or you liked wrestling or you didn't, you were either going to watch it or not. Um, but I think this probably adds a bit of credence um, to it that you know what the rock actually played american football um for miami back in the day um as a college guy so um hopefully this takes off um and and we can start getting some american football um throughout the summer so uh or spring summer so that certainly adds a bit more 
um, gravitas to it as well, it being The Rock, um, who who's taken over Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so be interesting. I have to keep an eye on that one. It is a story that kind of just came out yesterday, um, but it wasn't something that was particularly on my radar. I didn't see it coming. I don't think anyone did um, because I think the team, uh, the the league was going to be auctioned, uh, and a kind of last minute, um, Dwayne and his ex-wife has said uh, uh, came in and and said, look, we'll give you fifteen million for it, uh, for the league, uh, and they just agreed it then and there. So, um, well done to to them. Good job by them for for making that making that deal. Well, that is me almost at the end of the show, uh, or the pod. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh, all the way to the end. I really appreciate it. Um, next week, I'm hoping to have uh, a very special guest who will literally be across the pond. Um, so hopefully he can uh, join us, uh, talk some baseball, talk some hoops, uh, even some American football. Uh, I'll try and get him on for you. Um, and uh, apart from that, I, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Um, I did have one email that came in um, asking why we decided or why I decided uh, to call the the show or the pod Across the Pond. Uh, Very good reason for that. Um, I have been given a couple alternatives as well, uh, but uh, one very good reason was um, I have a lot of family and friends who live in America. And whenever I say, whenever it's their birthday, you know, you get your Facebook kind of thing come up saying, oh, it's this person's birthday. Uh, whenever it's uh, someone from uh, across the state's birthday, I always put kind of happy birthday, hope you have a great day, uh, or happy birthday from across the pond. Uh, so across the pond is, uh, is a phrase that I've used uh, for quite some time. Um, so it was one that just kind of fit um, because I love sports from across the pond. So um, like I say, I've been given a couple of alternatives, um, but that was just one that, that kind of, that name is just kind of stuck with me. Um, I really like it. I hope you guys like it too. Um, by all means, if you want alternatives, um, I also had uh, some offers um to to change the the logo um feel free and obviously if you want to get in touch um you can do it through our social media absolutely no issue with that at all um hopefully you're all on there now um so um give us a shout on twitter facebook whatever um you can search on facebook across the pond uh, sports podcast um and you can get us on atp sorry at atp uh sports pod uh, on Twitter, um, so please do get in touch. Um, look forward to your feedback, um, or even if you just want to chat sports, because I could chat sports. I know the show's probably gone on a bit over an hour now, uh, but I could literally chat sports for hours. Um, so uh, by all means, uh, drop me a line anytime. Um, other than that, guys, have a great weekend. Um, when it comes, looking forward to. A great weekend of sport ahead. Lots of NBA, lots of baseball. Um, you got the MLS final coming up as well. Um, I'll probably talk a bit more your options in terms of where you can watch these sports, um, especially if you're just getting into them for the first time uh, next week. And like I say, next week, hope to have a big guest on um, who knows his stuff. Uh, that is all I will say. Anyway, you guys have a, a great weekend and I will catch you next week. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.